Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 78 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony, and we're... Happy to be back with you, happy to take a night and drink a little bit of beer, talk about the Bible. It's going to be good times tonight, Yeah, right? it is. It is. We're, I'm excited. I don't know why, but I've suddenly just got real tired and exhausted. I don't know if it's the week's exhausting or I don't know what's um, going on. So I think that's called work and adulthood. Yeah, probably. So we I'm have, tired too, man. We've it's been busy. We, yeah, we've been extra adulty this week uh, doing work in the yard. Uh, my in-laws are moving, so we've we've helped them with that a little bit. We're helping again tomorrow, so uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just I guess it's just catching up to me. I don't know. It does it. I, there's been like the last couple of nights, I'll lay down, and normally I go to sleep really quick. Um, and the last two nights I've gone to sleep. I'm pretty sure I've been asleep before I actually got in the bed. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, and then I like I don't wake up at all during the night, so I know I'm sleeping really hard. So, Nicole. Anyway, well, let's get to going. Let's uh, let's, let's drink some beer. What beer do, do you it. have tonight? So tonight I have from the Revision Brewing Company. They are based in Sparks, Nevada. I have the Kitty Has Claws, New England style hazy IPA. Wow. Um, What's funny <laughs> is I don't like cats, but this was like the most <laughs> unique looking can at the Packer store I went to. I went to a different store. Than I usually do. Um, it's so. Uh, this is an IPA. ABV is seven percent with thirty IBUs. Uh, the website's description is: uh, We were lucky to get our hop rubbing hands on some Strata, and the aroma blew us away. Bright, fruity, a hint of dank, and all-out delicious. It's the cat's meow. So, nice. um, we'll see. We'll see about all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty psychedelic looking can um uh-huh. colors are really nice it's really about 80 percent of what draws me to <laughs> try to beer is if the can looks attractive so that's yeah. what i've got um not really a whole lot of other information there so <laughs> there you go Anthony, well, what do you got my, mine's gonna be just as bad because uh i went to the website for the the brewery and they don't even have this beer listed on their website anymore. So either it is that new or it is that old. One of the two. <laughs> well, you would hope that if it's new, it'd be on the website. You would hope. But. Um, but this is, I've got the hurricane alley from Lone Rider. And I was reading the side of the can here. This is actually a collaboration with braided river, uh, from mobile, Alabama. So their, uh, Lone Rider is in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they have collabed with braided river, from Mobile, Alabama, which I, I saw that and I was like, I've already done a Braided River. So I did the, this was several weeks back. Um, where was it? Where did I see it? 
63. The beer here now. Yep. Yeah, 63. Episode 63 has the beer here now from Braided River. I gave it three and a half Luther, so we'll we'll see if this one uh, if this one tops that. Um, that one was, if I remember right, that one wasn't wasn't crazy like weird or anything like that, but it was just a decent beer. So. Yeah. But this uh, the Hurricane Alley is a tart wheat beer brewed with passion fruit puree and orange peel, and seven point five ABV um, comes in at. I don't see any IBUs written on here, so we're just going to say that we don't believe in IBUs this week. Um, I do kind of like their the Lone Rider slogan. It's ales for outlaws. That's kind of cool. fun. So, um, so I was looking at my can. Um, my beer was also brewed in collaboration with another brewery. Um, or maybe this is just where they got their hops. I don't know. Hollingberry and Sun Incorporated Hops. That's probably well, where they go. got their hops. Hops. I've never seen brooding collaboration with on a can, and now we yeah. each had one this week. So there you go. That's weird. Well, there's only one way to figure out how good they are, and that's to crack them open and drink them. Let's rock. So and let's roll. do that. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. The smell on this one is a little different. Guess what mine smells like? Um, beer? Well, it's an IPA, so... <laughs> Hops? I can definitely smell the tart in this one. It's a little bit hazy. Mine's very hazy. Dude, yours is like... <laughs> Mine is the color of pineapple juice, is what mine is. Yes. Yes, it is. You have uh, pineapple juice with foam on it tonight. That's about all I can get in there. I'm trying to remember when I did a other another hazy IPA. Mine's uh, got a, high a nice amber color. High and hazy was a was back a while. Yeah. I mean, yours, looks, so. yours looks like a regular, just kind of standard-looking beer. Yeah. At least for a red. Yeah. So. I mean, mine is. Well, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm, Yours looks like a milkshake, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of wishing it was. So anyway, um, well, let's get to drinking. Let's turn them up, see how they taste, and uh, get some get some ratings on the books here. Let's go. Bottoms up. That is not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, after having some a few IPAs in the last few weeks, this is. Uh, I don't know if this is holding up. <laughs> what you? Have? Oh, you had the milkshake IPA last week. That's right. Yeah. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go. I'm I'm pretty nailed in on mine. Um, okay. As far as IPAs go, this isn't my favorite, um, and I don't know if it has to do with the beer or just how I'm feeling tonight. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could see the appeal of it. Ha, peel because it's citrus. Um, <laughs> jokes. He's got jokes. It's not as like – it's not – it doesn't have as sharp of an IPA flavor mm-hmm. or taste or texture that you you usually expect from an IPA. Um, But it's also not gotten anything like super special. It's just like a standard fruity citrus IPA. Yeah. Um, I mean <sighs> I think I'm going to come in at – I was so sure, and now I'm second-guessing myself. <laughs> I think I'm going to come in at three and a half Luthers on this one. Um, okay. It's, I mean, it's not as good as some of the other IPAs I've had, but it's still pretty decent as far as a beer goes. Um, I mean, it's better than the Corona Sunrise thing or the Los Bravos <laughs> thing I had in the last few weeks. So I'll give it three and a half. It's not as good as the... Give me some sugar from last week. It's not as good as Crushable from a few weeks ago, and those are both IPAs. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll give it three and a half. It's it's a slightly above average IPA, which is typically a below average beer. Yeah. So okay. that's that's where I'm going to land on the Kitty Has Claws. How's how's Kitty Her- has claws. how's Hurricane Alley? So, <clears throat> I've I've been in this this vein of trying to find something different each week not not doing just the regular stuff which is why i picked this one up the the tart wheat beer intrigued me Mm -hmm. and when i cracked it open and and this is going to take you way back um if you've been a listener for a long time you're going to go way back to the very beginning when i cracked it open it smelled like cotillion um and so (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) cotillion was bad (laughs) Um, it had a slight aroma, not quite as bad as Cotillion, but it had the slight aroma of dirty gym socks. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is going to be a bad week for us, man. Oh no. Um, the flavor, I don't know if it's just me or if it's the combination of the tart and the wheat. Like it tastes like a soured beer. Like, uh, like it's uh, gone not, bad. Not, it's not a sour. Yeah, yeah, not like a sour, but like it's gone bad. Like it's something's wrong with. It. I don't know. Is there a Best Buy date on the beer? Um, see if there's. Let's see here. See it if says, there's that. It says packaged on one twenty of twenty one. So oh, it's not that old then. Yeah, no. This is this is new. It's not like I got a bad one. Hmm. Um, I I just don't think I like the flavor of this. Huh. Um. What's funny is I think I would like a. I, I like tarts and I like sours. Um. I think you would like this one. I don't know about the tart wheat. That's that's the thing that's throwing me off a See, little bit. And that's what that's what's weird. Like I don't mind a tart. That mu- like I'm not a huge fan of sours, but we had a couple of tarts and I actually I really enjoyed those. Right. Um. But this one, it's like the aftertaste of the tart is what's weird. And I think that's the wheat that is that aftertaste. And it's just got this weird flavor in it. And so it's not a bad flavor. Um, the You can definitely taste the, the passion fruit and the orange peel in the, in, in the brew. 
Um, that is not bad. That is actually pretty good. But it's this it's this soured aftertaste that it leaves in your mouth that's got me going, I don't know if I like this or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the texture is meh. It's okay. It's not as smooth as I would want it to be, but I under- also understand it's a tart beer, so it's not going to be that smooth. Right. But this one is just, it's not hitting on any cylinders for me. And so I'm I'm going to have to like be nice and give this one three Luthers. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Because it's, I, I honestly, like, I feel bad because I gave the Corona Sunrise three Luthers. Like, I feel like I should go, I should retroact again and do like two Luthers on the Corona Sunrise. <laughs> um, because it is, I mean, it's better than that. Uh, it is better than a Corona Sunrise. Um, but this is just, this is not my cup of tea when it comes to beer. Um, I'm trying something different. Lone Ladder, uh, it's not you. Um, I'm sure somebody would like this, and and if you like tarts and if you like wheats, then it's possible you might like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's not it's that it's the sourness that's that's got me. Like, yeah. I just I can't get I can't get past a beer that smells like I just took it off of my feet. You know, that's fair. So, so some people do like that though; they enjoy it. Some people like Cotillion, and and uh, I was not one of those people. Um, I really didn't like Cotillion at all, and you can go back and listen to that, but yeah, this, I mean, the flavor is actually okay, like, when you're drinking it, it's the aftertaste that makes it not okay. good. I got you. So, while you've been drink, while you've been talking, I've been drinking, um, mm-hmm. I think I'm actually going to bump this one up to four. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's come around on me, um, I'm... It's our podcast. We do what we want. Uh, you can do what you want to, bro. <laughs> um, no, I, it's it's coming around on me. It's in, in you know maybe it's the IPA Max is four. Maybe we need to revisit that for a future episode or something. But <laughs> um, but this is this is actually coming around on me a little bit. I think the initial. I don't think I had any expectations, and maybe I was just like not feeling. I don't know. I, I've just been hit with like this weird, like in the last like 20 minutes, I've just been hit with like this weird, uh, I don't know what it is. So, um, but this one's coming around on me. This one's not bad. Nice. I will not bump it up again. Four is the max okay. I would do on an IPA <laughs> until we decide to do something else. So we have to have some standards around here at the Beers and Bible podcast. We do. And, 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 and that's the first rule is no IPAs get five. <laughs> an IPA cannot get a five Luther. So, but it's actually pretty good. Um, so I, I don't know if that makes me a hipster because I've got a bunch of IPAs in my fridge now. I have, <laughs> I haven't had any more of the one from last week, and this is another pack is a is a four pack. So I've got three more of these in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start wearing the wide brim hats, we're gonna have to talk. The need to breathe hat. Yeah, the need to breathe hat. I've thought about it. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. I think. The IPA is wearing off on you, man. It is. I got my skinny jeans. I got my my wide brim hat. And I got my IPA and my pipe. I'm ready to. Ready Do you to have your side r- part? Um, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. I'm actually gonna go dreads instead, and I'm gonna do. Oh, okay. I'm gonna do white dreads. guy okay. dreads. That's what I'll do. I don't have I don't have any part because I have no hair. So. Well, <laughs> that is what it is. It is what it is. So, all right. Well, <laughs> there's our beer review for this week. Hurricane Alley getting three Luthers from Anthony. 
and Kitty has claws. I initially started at three when I first tasted it, and it made it all the way up to four um, by the end of the segment. So, um, hey, Kitty has Vision Brewing, you just keep on revising, bro. Yeah, that's what they've done. So, uh, we're up to four Luthers on Kitty has claws, and um, there we have it. Hopefully, next week we get uh, Anthony can get some some decent beer. So. Um, now we're going to move on. We're going to continue our study in First Peter. We're actually going to conclude Chapter One of First Peter tonight, and and uh, yeah, we're going to get into our discussion, and we're going to do that right after this break. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are going to continue on in First Peter. Um, we're going to finish out chapter 1 tonight, and we're going to be focusing on verses 22 through 25. So if you have your copy of the Word of God, then I would encourage you to pick it up. Uh, read along with us. I will be reading from the ESV. Uh, you can read from whatever translation you want to read from. But Picking up in verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Man, Peter, so just to just to kind of recap what we've been going through here, Peter opens up and he exhorts people, he's exhorting these people who are in the dispersion, and he's telling them, you have hope, you have a future, you know, stay focused on where you're going. And then he talks to them a little bit about being holy, um, how they should live a holy life. We've covered that in the last few weeks. And then he closes out, and he's going to continue to build on this argument that he's kind of wrapping up right here. He's going to keep building on it uh, as we get, move into chapter 2. But, uh, man, this is such a great encouragement for mm-hmm. Christians um, who are living in a society or who are living in a culture that really doesn't care about them. Um, yeah. And, and that is why, I, you know, we did Habakkuk, and it and it was definitely well placed. And and First Peter just continues to build on that. And I love uh, so when I talked through this, um, I, I used this this uh, title that a guy named Charles Spurgeon used. And I don't know if you ever heard of this guy, Charles Spurgeon. He's um, no big deal at all. Just <laughs> one of the great uh, preachers and writers of the. 20th century, he is no big deal. Definitely called the Prince of Preachers for a reason. Was he 20th um, century? Did I get that right? Uh, he would be 19th century. 19th century. Yeah, he was in the 1800s. Gotcha. He, I mean, he kind of rolled on. Uh, no, he died. He died before 1900. So. Dang, I was. I tried um, to sound smart, and I ended up <laughs> looking like a fool. His legacy, however, is definitely, uh, definitely just 
ironclad in in Baptist tradition and and anything. but anyway, we're not here to talk about Charles Spurgeon tonight. But he calls these verses when he talks about them. He calls these the withering work of the Holy Spirit, and I mm. love that title because um, when we talk about the withering work uh, of the Holy Spirit, we're really talking about uh, remember John three thirty. He must become greater, and I must decrease, and he must increase, mm-hmm. and so. It's this decreasing idea of the self. It's this decreasing idea of, of I have to become less, mm-hmm. and and as I become less, God in me, God through me, Christ becomes more. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about this this withering work of the Holy Spirit, and and Peter here he opens it up and he really says, um, in verse twenty two and twenty three, he's going to say he kind of throws out this idea that our lifestyle should be one that conveys love to all those all the people that we encounter. Yeah. Um, you know, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another from an honest and pure heart. And so you have this this lifestyle and this is really how Christians are supposed to be defined. They're supposed to be defined by their love. Mm. Now, now that does not mean that you're a pushover, that that does not mean that you're all, you know, happy and 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 free, you know, uh, like I'm, you're you're not like a hippie, yeah. You know, everything's like, oh, it's great, everything's wonderful. It's not like that, but it is a when people talk about you, they say, man, that guy cares about people. That guy loves people. That girl loves people. Yeah. They will do things for you know. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, <clears throat> and when we are defined by our love toward our neighbor, then we fall into this pattern of obedience mm-hmm. that pushes us back to that that saving faith um, that we are found in, which is in Christ. Yeah, and and that's really where Peter builds on this. Yeah, yeah, and if you think about it, like we are, you know, we're pushed to obedience, and we're pushed to be like Christ. And mm-hmm. Christ was obedient to the point of death on a cross. Yes. You know, if we're saying that Christ is our our model and Christ is our, you know, if if we put our trust in Him and we put our faith in Him and we represent, we represent Jesus. Whether we, you know, whether you like it or not, Christian, that's kind of kind of what you've yeah. signed up for. You know, um, yeah, like our um our mantra is obedience to Christ to be mm-hmm. more like Christ and. If we're going to say that, then we that means we are obedient as Christ was obedient. Yeah. Um, and it's not that we're doing these things so that we can be justified. Like, mm-hmm. like we're not active mm-hmm. in that. Jesus no. and God is God is the one who works out our justification. Our, our justification. Yep. But we are active in our sanctification. Mm-hmm. And our obedience is part of the process toward sanctification. Yeah. I think it's important to to kind of <clears throat> note the difference here between justification and sanctification. Um, because a lot of times, you know, Christians can get that confused. And and to be fair, it's really easy to get them confused. Um, justification is the act of being declared not guilty. Mm-hmm. You are justified. That it, It's like a you are justified, period. And so 
the justification is what we would call a monergistic justification. It is done solely by the work of God um, on the merits of Christ, and all of those who have put their faith in Christ and have declared Christ the Lord of their life, they are justified by the by Christ's merits to God. And and then our sanctification, where you just said we are active in our sanctification, that's called synergistic. And that's the process through which um, we go day to day, and, and we fail, and we succeed, and then we fail again, and we have to continually mature in our faith. That is that process of sanctification that leads to glorification. Yeah. I do believe we've talked about this at some point on the podcast, yeah. but um, I did just want to offer that that clarification right there because— it's so important to understand for Christians to understand the difference between justification and sanctification. Yeah. And, and it's not that our works justify us or sanctify us, but, you know, our accepting of Christ's free gift and of God's forgiveness is what justifies us. Mm-hmm. And then our work of sanctification is a process. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we fail, succeed, fail, succeed, fail, succeed, and we will do that till the day we die. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately the goal is glorification. So, Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so in these two verses here, let, let's just kind of break this down. This is really, really four verses. Um, and we're going to reference a little bit of the Old Testament because Peter references the Old Testament here. But mm-hmm. in these two verses, we have this fellowship that Christians will have together, this, this fellowship of love. Um, and this fellowship is because we have been born again. And Peter brings out again what he talked about in verse four, this imperishable seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does that in verse 23. But we're also called to a second type of love in, in, the, in these verses. We're called to a brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's just talk about brotherly love here for a second, because I think this is a, this is a place where Christians specifically in today's culture need to focus. I, I know I need to, I know I have to work hard at it and I, I want to encourage and call Christians. You need to represent Christ with a brotherly love type of attitude. Mm. And, and what that looks like is number one, get off of Facebook well, I, not necessarily get off of Facebook. Get off of Facebook if you don't have anything good to say. Yeah. You know, uh, my mom taught me if I didn't have anything good to say to keep my dang mouth shut is what mm-hmm. she taught me. Well, yeah. she didn't say dang, but, you know. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you know, social media is not a place for you to spew your rancid opinions about whatever the topic of the day is. Your unproven rancid opinions. Yeah, like... <laughs> Social media should be about is about connecting us together, connecting people who are far apart together. You know, mm-hmm. I see pictures and posts from Anthony because he lives in somewhere else in the country. Like we also like communicate all the time, but yeah. I see those and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I feel somewhat connected to my one of my best friends, even though he's six, eight hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what social media is for. Social media is not for you to get on and like preaching to the choir here. Social media is not for you to get on to some <laughs> some post about whatever's going on and be like, this person is an idiot or here's where they're wrong or mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but it's also, you know, I don't know, like, how do we get to the point where we're like 
using social media as no more than a connection tool and not a um, a platform for our opinions or thoughts or yeah. or whatever. Even well, if, even if they're justified, like as believers, what you are saying can be very right. Yes, and but it's more about how you say it, and yeah. when you get into the point where you're just arguing for the sake of arguing, you're not any better than people who disagree with you. Yeah, well, I, so uh, if you haven't figured out yet, um, I love to read. I don't actually. I hate reading. To be fair, I hate reading. But over Could the last several me. years, <laughs> over the last several years, I have worked hard at at making myself read. Um, and I've read books that I agree with. I read books that I don't agree with. And one of the books that I have read that I thought was, was actually fantastic. It kind of surprised me how good it actually was, was a book called them, uh, by Senator Ben Sass. Uh, I think he's from Nebraska. I think that's right. Um, but them is a book about how America as a culture has basically, left our communities for arguing on social media. He doesn't come out and say it that way, but, you know, he talks about the days when he grew up in in Nebraska and how, you know, the the family four, four doors down, <clears throat> you would be at their house and you would do something wrong and their their mom would, like, spank you and then call your mom and be like, hey, I spanked your kid. And then your mom would be like, well, I sure am glad you did, <laughs> you know, um, because it was like there was this community. You knew everybody you lived around. You were friends with them. You ate dinner with them. There was this there was a community. And over the last 40 to 50 years, our community has been degraded to the point where we're nothing more than um this this isolated people who live next door to other isolated people. Mm -hmm. And so them, the book, I, I would encourage you to go get it and read it because it's a it's a very, very fascinating read. I wouldn't call it Christian. I wouldn't call it theology. If I remember right, Ben Sass actually has a PhD in something, uh, but I don't know what it is. Um but but <sighs> he he really points out this idea that we have become so isolated mm -hmm. in in society that we don't, you know, the only place we argue is online. Mm -hmm. And you say things online that you would never, ever say to somebody's face. Yeah. Well, when, when you're behind the keyboard, you're very, I mean, anyone can be big and bad behind the keyboard and a computer screen. Oh, yeah, screen. that caps lock key is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I heard, I saw something this week. It was like, if in, you know, I think this is a Matrix reference. I haven't seen the Matrix, so I don't know. But like, if you don't believe we're living in a simulation, wait, wait, wait! You haven't seen the Matrix? Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. There's some stuff I haven't seen, and the Matrix is one of them. I've also haven't sat all the way through the Lord of the Rings, so. Um, oh, that's understandable. That's like twelve hours. But well, I got, I, I got through. I usually get through like forty-five minutes of the first one, and I'm like, so they're just walking. <laughs> Pretty much. So okay. anyway, anyway, okay, sorry. So, back to your no, point. So like, it basically said like, if you don't believe we're living in a simulation, um, when tell me the last time you saw your neighbors bring in groceries. Yeah, and I, I got to thinking about like, I don't know if I've ever seen any of my neighbors bring in something from the car. 
Yeah. And it's because, you know, we, we talk about it and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good selling point, not selling point, but it's a preaching point. A lot of, from a lot of pastors that like, you know, we're really good about getting in our house and closing the garage door before mm-hmm. we get out of the car and not knowing who our neighbors are. And it's, I mean, yeah. it's a valid, it's a valid thing. So, I mean, that's really convicting for us. We just moved into a new house in the last, you know, six, six or eight months. And I don't, I don't really know the people around me. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and I, as a believer, believe very much that God has placed me where I am in this house for a very specific purpose. Mm-hmm. And what if that purpose is to get to know the people around me? Yeah. So that they can come into a saving relationship with Jesus. So, but that, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think that's just the mentality of our culture is to, you know, protect what's yours, uh, yeah. focus on what's yours and whatever else happens around you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you know, when, when we have this type of, of love for our neighbor, when we have this type of love for those who are around us, it's going to necessarily cause us to put the gospel at the center of everything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to go out, you're going to meet your neighbors. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at it. I don't, you know, when I meet you, when we become friends, I become the biggest extrovert that you've ever met in your life. Um, Michael is can green. Con- can confirm. 100%. But, but I'm, I'm also not the guy that's just like, you know, hey, uh, tell me all about yourself. Tell me your entire life story the first six minutes that we meet. Right. You know, and so there are people who are like that, but... But I'm not. Yeah. You know, and, so I have to make an effort to go out and do that. Yeah. And it's not that you're wired incorrectly because you that's not your personality. People are mm-hmm. God has wired certain people to be, you know, you go out, you meet, you, you want to know everything about everybody at the very from the very onset versus mm-hmm. Anthony and I are both wired very similarly. Like until I get to know you, I don't want to tell you anything about my personality or about my yeah. personal story. <laughs> It's like, hi, I'm Michael. And like six weeks later, I might tell you something else about me, you know? So (laughs) it's, to me, it's just about building that trust. But on the flip side of that, like if we as believers, and I'm going to come back to this point again, but if we as believers believe that God has placed us in a specific place at a specific time for a specific purpose, what good are we doing for the kingdom if we are, hunkering down in our homes and we're Mm -hmm. not going out in, you don't have to go knock on their door and like ask them first time (laughs) out. Do you know Jesus? Like that's, (laughs) that's not that, you know, 50, 75 years ago that might've worked, but today, you know, there's plenty of studies out there that show that building relationship is paramount is a paramount, uh, paramount to the building, the foundation of sharing the gospel. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and you, you know, there are situations where people will just share the gospel from the get and be successful, but more, but the culture today is about building relationship and build and building community. Right. Um, and so it, you know, it may look different depending on where you are or, or the people you're trying to reach, but there are, are there are opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. So it's just about in again, preaching to the choir getting over yourself and and yeah. making yourself a little uncomfortable. 
you know, we it has to happen at yeah, some point. Yeah, we didn't do it at our last house because by the time we were like felt like we were ready, we'd been there too long and it was going to be awkward. <laughs> like, hey, we've been being neighbors for five or six years. What's your name again? Like, li- <laughs> like, and ain't, like we lived in a townhouse. We were in the middle unit of a townhouse building. Yeah. So we shared a wall with two families. Like, <laughs> so, but you know, the longer you wait, just the more awkward it's going to be when you start. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's in, and you know, if you, if you have not gone out and met your neighbors, don't hear this as a condemnation to you, but you know, I would encourage you do something, you know, um, one of the things that we did or that we've done in the past is we just go and walk around our neighborhood. You'd be surprised at the people who are actually out and around your neighborhood. And when you just go, you'll talk to them, Mm -hmm. you'll get their name, you'll find out what they do for a living and that'll be it. Um, but one day you'll need something or you'll do something and and uh, your neighbor will thank you for that, you know, and, and that's how you build that relationship. That's how you establish that trust uh, really that you were talking about yep. is, is, you know, do normal neighbor things, you know, let them borrow a cup of sugar. That sounds very like 1950s cliche. I'm about me, to say, but... I don't think I've ever had anyone ask for a cup of <laughs> sugar specifically, but I know what you're saying. Like, if a neighbor asks for help, we should be willing and to help if we're able yeah. to help. Or if you see a neighbor that needs help and he's not asking or she's not asking mm-hmm. for help, go help them. Yeah. You know? Um, so so yeah, be you know, be there. And then when they like when they come to you and they say, Why did you do that? Well, man, that you know, that's what neighbors do. What I believe that that uh I should treat my neighbors with the same love that I treat myself. That's what my belief tells me, and then then they're going to get interested about your belief. Why do you believe that? That's a really weird belief. Why would you care about your neighbor? You know, that kind of thing is going to go on. And so it just gives you opportunities to open the door is what it does. And and so you don't have to be the guy that is chasing people down the street. Can I tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? You know, you don't have to be that guy. Right. Um, but you can be the neighbor that is just consistent and he's there and is always helping people and never asking for anything in return for that help. Yep. But, you know, here, here's the other side of it. One day you're going to need help. And guess what? When you've helped your neighbors, they're going to come help you. Yeah. So, um, so, so let's, let's keep on rolling through this, this passage here. We've gone through 22 and 23 and then Peter kind of rolls into this quotation of the old Testament. Yeah. Um, he pulls from Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, and he doesn't pull all of it, but he pulls very specific parts. Um, and this is this is where uh, I really borrowed the title from Spurgeon, where, where he talked about the withering work of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to read verses 24 and, and 25 one more time. It says, For all, all flesh is like grass, and its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. Now, what's interesting about this is is Spurgeon here links, and, and this is what the text does, it links the flesh to something that comes and goes, comes and goes. Now, if you think about us as humans, that's what we do. We, you know, there. Uh, this is a crazy statistic, and I don't like to quote statistics all the time, but this is a guaranteed 100% statistic, one in one people die. And, and so there is a 100% chance that you are going to die. And so all flesh is like the grass. 
Well, what does the grass do? The grass dies, and then it comes back. It dies, and then it comes back. In the wintertime, it goes dormant, and then in the summertime, it's beautiful, and it's green again. Well, if you're that neighbor who's loving people, you're you're that grass. You're fertilizing grass, and and you're loving people, and they're going to love somebody, and they're going to love somebody. So it's this cycle of of constantly returning love, and that is that's where Christians need to be focused. How can I, how can I water the grass in my neighborhood? How can I water the grass in my community? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead of throwing the poison out on on the Facebook, how can you water the grass in your community? Think think of it like that. So, yeah. all grass is like flesh. Um, uh, it's glory of the flower fate. So, if I, I'm not a horticulturist, but I. I do remember, like, there's this, there's a part of the grass that's called the flower. I don't know what it is, because obviously I'm not a horticulturist. But again, it's this same concept that that grass dies, the flower fails, the flower falls. Every part of the grass dies every year, and then he in verse 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. So, if you're constantly speaking life and speaking love into people, then even though you're dying you're going to continue to breathe the gospel into other people's lives, which is going to continue that cycle mm-hmm. of bringing people to the knowledge of Christ. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's literally the way that we still have the church today. Yeah. It's because first century church Christians told other people who told other people who told other people. And mm-hmm. I mean, without, without the life and death of the grass, so to speak, the, Christian faith doesn't exist. It doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing that like, if no one told anyone about anything, no one would ever know anything. You know, <laughs> that's true. So, that's I mean, true. so, so this withering work of the Holy spirit, this, this work of continual life and death, life and death, life and death, it carries some, some kind of constants with it. Um, and and this is this I borrowed this from Spurgeon. And so we're just gonna walk through these real quick. The very first thing it says is it is unexpected. Mm-hmm. And and this really happens at the moment of conversion. Okay. Before we can be clothed in righteousness, we have to be stripped of our unrighteousness. This is the moment of justification. This is where Christ steps in and 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 says nope this person is covered in the blood of Christ and so they're therefore they mm-hmm. are declared righteous yeah okay so it's unexpected what's the next thing that it is um so so now it is the un it is the usual order of divine operation um and, and just as we are chosen in Christ before the foundations of the world by the trinitarian work of election god works to remove our bondage to sin from our lives. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the scriptures for that whole line right there are Ephesians 1, 2 through 5, 1 Peter 1 and 2, and then um, verses 22 and 23 of 1 Peter 1 as well. But Spurgeon says, Spurgeon said that everywhere before the salvation, there comes a humbling of the creature, the overthrow of the human hope. Mm-hmm. Um this this the the withering work of the holy spirit is how god works yeah like like god is god is constantly working to remove our bondage 
and then we run back to our bondage yeah. and, then, and then God <laughs> removes it. And then, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's like, like we've said, it's cyclical. Yeah. So, yes, it is. And, and, you know, that, that is, that really is the, the description of sanctification. It's a, you mess up, you repent, you start over. You mess up, you repent. You don't start over as far as unbelief, but mm-hmm. you start over as far as the sanctification process. Yeah. And every time you back up, you take two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. Two steps forward, one step back. It sounds a lot like Israel in the Old Testament. It really does. It it really does. Except I think sometimes they were taking like 12 steps back and two steps forward and 12 steps back and two steps forward. Right. <laughs> But hey, we're we're not much different from Israel if we really sit down True. and think about it. So so, so what's next? What what's Spurgeon's so got next? It's the usual order of of divine operation, and then it is the universal and complete in every believer. Um, this work, the sanctification process, happens for every believer. Um, sanctification ultimately ends in our glorification. Um, but this shows and this highlights the work of grace in our life, and so. When there is this work of grace, there has to be, alongside this work of grace, the destruction of our personal delight and our personal pleasures of the flesh. Mm. And and I'm going to grab my Bible real quick, because that's really what um, Isaiah focuses on in his, in his passage. Isaiah, let me, get, let me see here. Let me get over to Isaiah chapter 40. Um, what, what Isaiah is talking about here... Uh, so the whole verses uh, six through eight, he says, "A voice says, cry." And I said, "What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Hmm. So so you can hear where Peter borrowed from that, but but what you see is, is the breath of the Lord in that. And and the breath of the Lord is think of it think of it that's that's the peeling away of the stuff that needs to be be peeled away in your life. That's that's when you when you read God's word that's the breath of God on you. Mm. You know, I, I love the way that 1 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy reads it. All scripture is God breathed. You know, think about it. Think about it like that. When when you read scripture, it's God breathing on you. Now, now, don't think of this in a mystical way, but think of it as when the breath of the Lord peels away those layers and and it produces that work of sanctification in you. Mm. And so, so this process, though it's hard, though it withers you as a person, it's going to make you into the person that God has ordained you and and destined you to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I, I love the way that Martin Luther thought about this when when he called this the theology of the cross. And I think I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but you know, the the further we we submerge ourselves, the further we push ourselves underneath the cross of Christ, the more we become what God has intended mm-hmm. us to be. Because mm-hmm. again, going back to that John three thirty. He must increase and I must decrease. The more that I decrease, the more he increases and the more that people see God's work in my life. And it's not Anthony doing something or Michael doing something, but it's God working through us. Yeah. And so that that withering work, this is what the what Spurgeon is talking about, is this withering work. So yeah. mm-hmm. so it's the universal 
or it's the usual order of divine operation. It's the universal and complete hope in every believer. What's the next one? It's, this is the good one. It's, yeah, so it's painful and inevitable. The withering work of the Holy Spirit is painful and inevitable. It's um, Thanos. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, but like we've said, it's you know the the work of our sanctification is a process, and it's a process mm-hmm. that we will, like we've said tonight a few times, take a couple steps forward and then screw up and take a step back, yeah. and then take a baby step forward and then two step. Like you could like two-step it back or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. walk it out, whatever. Um, (laughs) I mean, but, you know, but, you know, the fact that it's painful and it's inevitable where, you know, when we realize that we've sinned before God or or we've, or we've messed up our sanctification, it should break our hearts and it should make us feel like we failed a holy God. and, And it reveals our, our physical mortality, but also our brokenness before God and how, without him we don't have a way to eternal life we don't have a way to um relationship with him and so knowing that it's a process knowing that we are we should be striving for it but also understanding like when you fail it's not it's not the end of the world it's not like god is going to give up on you mm-hmm. it's not saying like be okay with failure but it's saying like you will screw up, you will mess up, pick yourself up and get after it again. Yeah. And yeah. and always be striving for that holy as possible, close relationship with God. Um yeah. I mean, and I screw up every day. I don't know about Anthony, yeah. but I mean I screw up big time. I'm twice a day, bare <laughs> minimum. Every, I mean, big time every day it feels like. So um, but, you know, striving for that perfect relationship, that perfect unity with God, um, mm-hmm. working for your sanctification, not, be- not because it's the works that sanctify you, but because it requires you to work to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and knowing that when you fail is not the end of the world, yeah. knowing that God's not like, oh, you've, you've messed up 500 times now I'm done. You know, God, yeah. God's not keeping score. Yeah. So. Yes. And so it is painful. And and this is, again, we've talked about the theology of suffering. This is something that hurts. The Christian life is something that hurts. Um, it's not easy. And, and if you think it is easy, then I would encourage you to look at the exemplar of the Christian faith, which was Jesus Christ. And you'll see that he had struggles. <clears throat> you'll see that he went through a whole lot more than, than what you and I want to go through, you know? Um, but yet he did it without sin. Mm-hmm. And so, so we can look to that as our example and we can strive to be like that. Um, but even though it is painful and even though it is inevitable, the, the final thing is the spirit will do the work in, in the spirit's time. Um, everything happens at the breath of the Lord. Everything happens when God decrees it to be happening. Um, everything is ordained the way that it was supposed to be ordained by God. And so the the constant, uh, I think, mentality that, that Christians need to have in a time of trouble and in a time of, of pain and brokenness is, God, what are you teaching me through this? What can I learn? 
what can I do that points to your glory? And what can I do that says, look at what God has done? You know, look at what he's doing, look at what he has done. And, and then because of those two things, you can, Christian, you can say, look at what God is going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we serve the God who came, who died, who is buried, who rose again from the dead, and who is coming again. And, and that should be an immense encouragement for all of us. Even when, you know, all of culture is against us and all of culture says you're wrong and you're a hypocrite and I can't believe you would think that way. Um, we still stand in love and in dignity towards everyone around us and we say, this is what God has called me to be. This is what God has instructed me to do this is what I'm going to do. And, and that, is, that is incredibly hard. And it, uh, it requires an incredible amount of humility. It requires an incredible amount of, of basically, I, you know, I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the truth of the Word of God. Yeah. yeah. And you're not going to define me. World, you're not going to define yeah. me. Christ defines me. And... and- you know, it, it can be very discouraging to see the number of people who have been strong in the faith who are, yeah, who are, who are turning away, running away, or mm. people who you would expect to have like solid foundations. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I think it's been John Piper's son. Yeah. Who's been, Barnabas. who's been, Not ver- Barnabas. Is it Barnabas? I don't know. I don't know what his name is, but you know, John Piper's son has been very like yeah. vocal about the, what he sees as, wrong teachings of the church or wrong teachings Mm of, I mean, what his, I mean, it's John Piper's kid. Like you would think of all, that'd be like if Franklin (laughs) Graham came out and said, you know what? This is all bogus. Like that's, that's what it, that's what it feels like it would be. Um, so you, you know, it can be very discouraging as a believer, like, especially like regular Joe Christian Mm -hmm. who's, you know, just trying to, to, to do their regular job and, and be a regular Christian. Um, and it'd be discouraging to see these people who have like great opportunity for strong foundations and strong have strong belief systems set up that are saying this as you know it's not worth it and yeah but it is and, and just be just because so and so used to be a believer and isn't now or claims that they're not or claims that they were and now they're not whatever it is mm-hmm. just because they they do doesn't mean it's not worth it right and 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 trust me it is worth it yeah absolutely every time amen to that yep well that'll that'll bring us to the end of chapter one in first peter um we hope you enjoyed that that uh very uh bad discussion on uh, it's good discussion but it's not encouraging most of the time and, and because it's not all, everything is going to be great. Um, but it's, it's what's needed for the church. Um, Jesus never promised that all the days were going to be fantastic. And so we need to, to represent that well. Uh, and so we hope you are encouraged by this, knowing that not everything is going to be great. So yeah, and if they want to, Michael, what were you going to say? I was just going to say like, the Christian walk isn't a promise of like good things always happening. That's right. 
and, and you know, it's okay. It's okay. It to not, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Sorry. There you go. Love it. I love it. So if they want to get a hold of us on social media platforms that we just spent the last 45 minutes bashing, where would they do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can follow us but not argue with us on... (laughs) I'll argue with you. I don't care. I'll argue with a brick wall. Yeah, he will. So um, (laughs) anyway, uh, you can find us on Instagram at beersandbible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and bible p1 you can find us on facebook by searching beers and bible podcast um you can find us um nope you can't find us anywhere else you can email us at beers and bible podcast at gmail.com um now i was looking at some of our handles over the last couple of days um just to make sure we clearly communicate this beers and bible is spelled out so it's beers and bible Mm-hmm. Uh, the Facebook page is Beers Ampersand Bible Podcast. And Twitter, I think, is Beers and Bible P1, all spelled out. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time finding us, that might help. There you go. So Clarification. Everybody likes clarification. Yeah. Uh, reach out to us. Email us. Message us. Like posts and share posts and post them to your stories and Please do subscribe to your subscribe to us on your podcast platform and uh, give us a good rating or not good rating. But honest five star review. That's what I tell people. And on an honest five star review. I'll take an honest <laughs> review. I really I mean, <laughs> I'd rather you be honest with us. So anyway. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. And until next week, keep drinking your cold beer and keep studying your Bible. Peace out. And we'll see you later.